Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Right, cool. We should we should be live now. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to go grab a tissue. Do it, do it, do it. Well, if Tim hasn't lied to me, and we are in fact live, hi, happy happy November. Hope you had a great Halloween, spooky season time. Um, as you can see, we're now in the Christmas spirit uh, for video watchers. Got a Christmas jumper on. Um, so that's where we're at. That's where we're at. So just give us a few minutes to get set up and we will get started. It's been quite a busy week, though, has it not? For all platforms, um, I feel like there's been quite a lot of news this week. Um, so we'll have to see whether it's uh, it's the new Game Pass editions, it's the news about Idos Montreal and Fable, whether it's God of War. Wow, there have been things. There have things, been things. Things have definitely happened this week. God things, of War yes, tanks. Yes, things yeah, five out. And, of 10. and you know what? So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, us, the totally neutral and non-biased website who have not played the game, give the preliminary score of three out of ten to yeah, God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> However, ten out of ten if it was on Games Like we said, not biased. Yeah, right. not, not biased. biased. Yeah, that's just a very fair and objective review. Yeah. Don't fucking come at me. <laughs> Especially not with any pipe bombs or anything really explosive or inflammatory. I wouldn't know how to make a pipe bomb. Uh, me neither. I'm pretty sure if I, I mean, I guess sat just down like for a weekend, gunpowder, I could figure out how to make a pipe bomb. <laughs> I don't think. I think we're on track to getting this video taken down. <laughs> I don't know, mate. No, it's the first. Yo, let me see your cup. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Tilly has the same ones. Yeah, this one's this one's <laughs> um, Amsterdam. This one's London. Yeah, they, she has a, a, an Amsterdam one in the cupboard as well. Yeah, let's go. I've, I've got tea in it though, not coffee, unfortunately. <laughs> no, same. I've already had my coffee for this morning. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah, I had a monster this morning. So you had a monster in the morning. Yeah, well, it was you like a new. A it, was like, it was like a new flavor. We wanted to try it. We got up really late anyway, so it was kind of like we started drinking it at like eleven. So. Um, yeah, fair enough. And plus, we're going to go out for a Costa because Costa have their new uh, like Christmas menu at the moment. So I want to try their like they have like a well, I don't know. I think they have like a Toblerone like latte or something, and then they've got like chocolate orange hot chocolates and stuff, which I've heard are pretty good. So you'll uh, mm. you'll hear about it next week. Yeah, you know, just make sure you tune in to the QRP next week to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah for, for our non-American listeners, Costa is yeah obviously a coffee shop. Um, yes, it's a bit of a mixed reputation amongst coffee not... snobs like myself. Costa not global. Costa's only UK. I think so. I I think it's I think it's probably in Europe, but 
Oh, okay. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's definitely Europe. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Starbucks. Uh, is obviously I know. Global, but... Yeah, and Nero, Nero will be Europe because it's Italian. Nero. Yeah. Um. But yeah, coffee. Always have a coffee segment. We do. So, shall we? Shall we do the thing? Yeah. Do the jing. Yeah, yeah. And get started. Okay. Um. So great. Hello, everyone. If you're joining us live, hi. If you're joining us after the fact on your podcast services on YouTube, um, we are the Quick Resume Podcast. If you have not been here before, um, my name is Deck, and that hunky fella over there. I'm hunky. Like this week, I'm <laughs> it's yeah. me too. Changes week to week. <laughs> He's the hunky one of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is episode 76. Um, so thanks for joining. Lots to talk about, as I said, in, in sort of the pre-show today. Um, so uh, this, there's there's a lot to think about, particularly around Xbox's 2023, the second half of 2022, you know, the PlayStation as well. And we're going to do our absolute best to keep away from console war bollocks. I'm not... okay. Not into it. Not I here for by that. pledge. I hereby pledge <laughs> to, to stay away from the icky wicky to not reveal console warrior. My toxic trait of being an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> console warrior. That's right, yeah. Yeah. I will do my best to mask the truth. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right, okay. So uh I I had a I had like this whole section planned out, but I before we get into our usual with like kind of what we've been playing and what we've been up to, but I just kind of wanted to rant about hangnails for a little bit first. I mean, everyone knows they're the That's... worst, dude. You don't need a rant. Hangnails are some of the most excruciating, prolonged pain. They last like w- like sometimes weeks. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, it's awful. It's just it's just such a weird bug to me. Like if we if we truly were created, right? If if we were built by intelligent design, like why would we be given thumbnails? Do you know thumbnails. what I mean? And you, you can't convince me that's part of evolution. Like I won't I won't take it. Oh, we evolved to have hangnails because shut the fuck up. No, we didn't. That's a bug. <laughs> that is not a feature. Yeah. They they hurt so much. Why? Oh, I don't know, man. It's just and it's like the worst as well because I do bite my nails sometimes. And like when you do, yeah. like sort of bite them or even cut them, and you just peel away, and you know it's happened, and you're like, for fuck's sake! Like I have to commit now, but like <laughs> yeah. I've, I've gone too far here. Like <laughs> it hasn't come off clean. This is awful. Yeah, yeah, I hate yeah. it. You like catch it on shit. You like catch it on fabric and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> Yeah, and it always has like little fluff on it. You have to like pick off like the fluff because yeah. it's caught on like fabric and stuff. It's the worst, dude. Truly horrendous. I mean, if you can't tell, I've had a thing now for like the last two days, so you know that's yeah. where we're at. Um, someone should make a game about hangnails. But other than that, Tim, how have things been, buddy? How's the brain and the game brain? The brain is deteriorating quite rapidly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the game brain is thriving, my dude. Uh, no, that's probably also... And that's the important thing. That's all that matters. <laughs> like ranked Overwatch is probably deteriorating my game brain as well, let's be real. Um, yeah, maybe. But yeah, no, it hasn't been... Um, 
yeah, it's been going too bad. Um, nothing really much to report on this week. Um, in terms of regular brain and or game brain, to be honest, um, we've kind of just been still slapping the um the Overwatch grind a little bit. Um, I've been meaning to get onto Gunfire Reborn, but I haven't had the time. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's been about it, to be honest. Um. We did spice it okay. up and not do open queue ranked for Overwatch. We did some... <laughs> <laughs> That's us spicing it up. We did some yeah, roll queue. That's right. Which is we like to mix better. things up. Yeah, it's nice to not shoot three tanks and two healers consistently. Um, True. And yeah, I think that's about it. To be honest, um, yeah, nothing much extra okay. on the game brain for me. What about you? Nothing wrong with that. We did obviously have the um, we had the new hero reveal, didn't we? Oh um, yeah, for yeah, for the uh, yeah stance switcher. Overwatch's first stance stance switcher. switcher. Yeah, yeah, um, which was a cool idea. Although I did see that somebody had made like a concept art for a hero, a, a tank four years ago, and the design is questionably similar. Like, really? like fan, yeah, like a fan art, yeah, yeah. I'll have to try and send it to you. Uh, they called him like you know back when the, the artist made it. I don't have the name on me, which is really annoying, but I'm pretty sure they called the the hero Voltic or something like that. But the same thing as like an Omnic, like big and with two extra arms. Um, oh, okay. Because it's Ramatra, R- Ramatra, isn't it? That's the new hero. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's got two normal Omnic arms, and then he's got two massive like arms on the back of him. Mm. Well, this time, this one doesn't have four arms, does he? He's just got two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 he's, he's got two because he's he, he. No, no, no. He's got he's got like uh, Zenyatta size normal Omnic arms, and then he's got two big arms. So, like, you typically ah. you don't see his smaller ones. <laughs> so ah, he's he's got okay. four. But are the big arms, I guess, the big arms are only on show when he switches to that other stance. When he's in like regular stance, he's just got skinny arms, and then. His arms like, no changed. I just thought his arms changed. I didn't think he had four. I just thought they changed. That's all. But oh, I've only seen a screenshot of him because there's a, there's a screenshot of him in game. Is that right? Or like a either like a small clip of him or something? I, I, I saw an in game shot yeah. of him. Yeah, I, I saw a, a small screenshot. I don't know where it came from, but yeah, uh, yeah. So that's funny. Um, yeah, playing still playing a lot of Overwatch two. Um, it's still good. Uh, the Halloween event sucked. You know, no new news there. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah, I've been playing a little bit more of Gunfire Reborn. I still think that game is really good. Uh, I've just, I got it as my, my uh, podcast uh, game, really, that I just play mm-hmm. when I'm, you know, manga now and listening to some other podcasts and I just which want is, something easy to play. Which is kind of perfect because I feel like you used to do that with um, Risk of Rain as well, didn't you? Those games just make really uh-huh. good podcast games because they're just... You just run around and shoot, right? It's not shooty shooty. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh man, and I got like I had like a god run, like I had a freak run. Like I shouldn't be getting as far as I did because, <clears throat> like you know, you you get points as you play, like in a roguelike style. And I had a, there's like I think there's like five or six biomes total. Yeah. And obviously, if you get to the last one, it's you know, you complete the loop. And I got to like the the end of the of the fourth and mm. i had this because the second character to unlock is essentially like a gun from borderlands 2 where you dual wield okay. um and i just had like this fire bit fire and explosion build going i would like you know and i got this perk where if you like you did fire damage you set yourself on fire but if you were on fire 
you did like a bonus, like 25% flat damage overall. So one of those sorts of builds. And then I got another perk at the end, which was like fire. It was called like fire demon or something like that, which just straight up buffed fire damage but and made me immune to burning and i was like oh, oh my, my god. god so i'd be like yeah. cooking but it just wouldn't hurt me oh that's and it'd be sick. so good yeah just just and it was just like such a freak run <laughs> like it was crazy i was just exploding everything um and they've got this really cool thing in this in the game where like there's like a challenge system like it's not i don't know how transparent it is but like just in the middle of a run it will be like you've killed 30 elites you've now unlocked this gun or this weapon and it's permanently in your runs now Mm. like there's almost every after every run there's almost there's something new for the next run if that makes sense yeah it's yeah. like melee weapons you know like bows guns stuff like that mm. just really good i totally recommend it it's so smooth yeah. um like i said it's it, it, on the fps counter it's running at like 180 frames even though my tv can't even hack that but it's just um yeah it's just very very good it does look um, cool. have you uh have you actually completed a loop on it yet have you done no, you haven't. Okay. No, no. Um, and I also booted up Forza Horizon Five for the first time in a while. I uh, just played it for half an hour. Just kind of fancied it. Just okay. kind of fancied it. I don't know. Not yeah, strong. just wanted to drive around. Yeah, you know, looking really pretty. Did a couple of races, and it's it's quite cool because, like, when they start a new season, there you have like an intro mission. Do you know what I mean? Like you literally load the game up and it boots you into like a cinematic level, mm-hmm. and then it does that thing where it's like a cutscene that that fades into the game. Do you know? And the yeah. car's already driving, and you take over control. Um, and typically, like when I want to boot up Forza, I don't want to do that. I just kind of want to do the thing. But I was just in the mood for that last night, and I faded in, and it like went in with um. Oh, who's the artist? Oh, I can't remember who it is. It's one of the guys that we used to listen. Oh, it's, I think it was Sub Zero. Yeah, I think it was Sub Zero. Um, is that his name? Sub Focus. Sub Focus. <laughs> I was like Sub Zero. Fucking Sub Zero's banging out some. He's got a Spotify channel. <laughs> yeah. <now, hasn't> <laughs> Sub Focus. That's right. And a Sub Focus tune came on, and I was just like banging it down the desert at like 200 miles an hour. I was like, this game is so good. <laughs> this yeah. is great. Yeah, um, and I did that, and I got kind of got my. I think I did another one or two races afterwards and kind of got my fix. Um, but yeah, I just kind of fancied it. But yeah, what a game. Yeah. <laughs> what a game. I'm surprised um, that hasn't been like one of your big podcast games that you just boot up and play with that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. Definitely suits that sort I, of I style. Always, yeah, I always do fancy it. Yeah, like I, I've I've had it. It's why I've never uninstalled it because I'm like, it is a good one. Uh, but yeah. sometimes I just kind of want to shooey shooey. Um mm. Yeah, that's that's been me really. You know, other than that, I'm just kind of sitting here anticipating, uh, waiting for Pentiment, uh, waiting oh, yeah. for Somerville, mm-hmm. um, and this is all. On, we'll talk about this for the because the Game Pass lineup uh, was uh, released this week. Uh, Vampire Survivors. I don't know if you've heard about that. Everyone ra- is raving about that game. Never heard of that. Everyone is raving about Vampire Survivors. Sounds uh, dreadful. It's been available. On- yes doesn't it and, and do you know what it looks dreadful but everybody's like this is a game of the year contender like Jesus. for real for real wow no cap <laughs> so like came out on steam first i assume it's like a steam game yeah yeah have a quick google of it have just have a quick google of it so, just so you know what i mean so because dark. i'm I i'm just life. going it's so dark yeah a bit dark yeah <laughs> um i like i the only reason I'm like excited for Vampire Survivors is because everyone has told me it's so so good. But every time I look at the gameplay, I'm like, "What is this? It's like bad pixel art." Like, yeah, <laughs> like, 
Uh, like isometric kind of, uh, you know, camera angle sort of thing. Oh, but it's uh, to oh my. No, it, this looks. It's awesome. kind of roguelike. I love this art style. It, it, it's fine for me. I, I do like pixel art, but like at a glance, I'm not. It's not doing that much for me. But apparently, the gameplay is like hyper addictive. It's not one of those games that it's like you know drip feed dopamine. <laughs> Single player, uh, ro another roguelike. Okay, casual shoot 'em up. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Uh, what is this game giving me vibes of? I guess like I guess it's giving me kind of Binding of Isaac vibes, right? Oh uh, yeah, never played that. Yeah, I you know that that's the sort of vibe it's giving me. That's like the that was like one of the, like the OG like roguelites, wasn't it? Um, Binding of Isaac. <clears throat> I feel like that was one of the ones uh, that kind of kickstarted a lot of the hype for those sort of those yes. types of games. It's been out for ages. Um, yes, yes, you are right. You are right. Oh, cool. um, yeah, so I'm that excited. comes out on the 10th. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, that'll be another like podcast game. Probably probably a good cloud game, you know, things like that. Um, True. Yeah. So yeah, just waiting on those things. Maybe we'll get a Dark Tide release date soon for Xbox. Who knows? Will that be this year? Won't it? Who knows? Yeah, who knows, dude? Um, so yeah, that's it though, really, in terms of what we've been playing. Sweet. Um, so I guess I wanted to kick the show off. I've got I've got a couple of honourable mentions I want to go through before we get into the main news, as as per usual. Uh, but you won't be surprised to hear that the first one is about God of War Ragnarok, which is currently sitting on a ninety four. Last time I checked, anyway, ninety four on Open Critic. Um, obviously, it's a game of the year contender. It's matched, um, matched the first game. First game obviously got ninety four on Open Critic. Um, I think the numbers are the same on Metacritic, but I, I, I prefer open. Mm. Uh, and just just a, an incredible accomplishment from that team. Um, and I've got a little chunk of text I just want to read through here that I wrote in advance because the couple of honorable mentions I've got after this are kind of like negative stories um, about PlayStation. But I, you know, I just want to reiterate that. The 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 <laughs> this whole thing with big blockbuster games getting this critical success is kind of what gaming is all about, right? Mm. You know, years of hype building up and those kind of electric hours of kind of yeah, and it delivers those kind of electric hours of stillness just before the big title drops or like you know before the reviews drop. Whether it's a cinematic title, you know, it's an open world game, it's a FMV, you know, full motion video, um, multiplayer game. Uh, you know, we're all kind of here for memorable experiences, um, and you know, it's just I, I personally love the first. I'll likely love the second when when I get around to it. You know, it probably won't be for a couple of years for me, uh, but you know, it's just a massive congrats to Sony and the Santa Monica team. It's ab an absurd amount of talent to make two games of this quality back to back in a you know four years from each other. Which is a reboot <laughs> of a of a hack and slash franchise, you know. It's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Absurd. Yeah. Really absurd. So just you know, I'm really excited that for everyone who's been anticipating this. Um, and you know, it, I think it's always good. Like it, when these big things happen, it gets more eyes on the industry. It likely draws in more investment. So it's it's a win for everyone around, regardless of the platform you play on. Um, but super exciting stuff. That's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, mad, mad congrats to them. Um, yeah, they've done a great job from what was seemingly, like you said, like a hack and slash kind of pretty much dead kind of IP, right? You know, like they were kind of done with that. And then they were just like, hey, let's complete it. It was on the decline. Yeah, let's complete 180 this year and just like 
really dive into the story and make it gritty and yeah no it's 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 amazing what they've done with it um and uh yeah i'm i'm very excited to get my hands on it as well probably probably not i'll probably play it a bit before you i would imagine but it's still going to be a little while off for me because i still need to play the first one um but yeah yeah awesome 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 and i would totally recommend it i would totally recommend the um the first one uh i am and, and you know this is kind of like there there are some more conversations that i want to um there's more conversations around this i want to have a bit later in the main stories but you know talking about these this level of critical reception and you know will xbox get to that level with some of its titles because i think you know there's for some reason the exclusion criteria for xbox is really big when it comes to these sorts of titles you know forza doesn't count because it's a racing game Mm. flight sim doesn't count because it's like a experimental flight simulator game yeah, it's like, you know, there are these exclusion criteria, which I, I do think is unfair, but I understand the point is that, you know, Sony are essentially really good at making hyper-popular mass appeal, you know, action-adventure narrative games. Mm. You know, it, it's usually the thing that I think that people of these days think of when they think of video game, even if they're not a gamer. Yeah. When they see all the trailers, and they think of, like, either first-person shooter or third-person action-adventure narrative game. Yeah, absolutely. And as a result... You know the the zeitgeist around these sorts of games is huge. Like you know, like kind of like Elden Ring. You know, that's I think falls into that at least to a degree. You know, Souls games are niche, quote unquote. But what niche? Typically, someone will look at that from the outside and be like, "Oh, I know, I would know how to play that." Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, very exciting. Definitely. So. We will come around to that because uh, there's a lot. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of discourse this week, Tim, over on over on Twitter, over on the, on the Musk Bird app um, about Xbox's first party um, from Phil himself, uh, you know, from uh, journalists and and the rest. But before we get there, hmm. PlayStation VR two got a price announce and with a release date. I thought maybe we already knew the. I think we already knew the release date, but it got a price. Um, which was five hundred and twenty pounds here. I think it was four nine nine dollars. So again, something right. releasing higher in pounds than dollars. Fuck's sake! <laughs> I know we're I know we're in massive decline right now, but come on, guys. Uh, yeah, well, I just, yeah, just just like the PlayStation, you know, I think like with the console, I think they just raised the price of all accessories uh, everywhere but North America. So yeah, um, which is the same price? Well, more expensive than a console yeah it's pricey it's, it's it's extremely pricey i'm not sure like what the sort of pricing is on like uh like meta quests and stuff like that um let me have a look what's like the latest like meta quest is there a meta quest 3 now like the i don't think so i think there's a 2 coming out i think MetaQuest Pro VR headset. Okay, well, there's a two VR at one twenty eight gig. That's at three nine nine for the MetaQuest two, but then there's a Pro that costs one and a half grand. So I don't know what the fuck the Pro <laughs> is, but it's like yeah, more yeah. than three times the MetaQuest two. But yeah, it's expensive, right? It's um, it's it's definitely it's definitely premium, especially when you compare it to um to others on the market it's definitely a premium price tag that's for sure 
I mean, there are, you know, there are more premium models. Like, I, you know, I think it's either the current Quest or the Quest 2. Sorry, I'm not scrubbed up on, on VR lore. Mm. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure there is one of them coming up, which is, like, primed to be, you know, more expensive, maybe, you know, 900 or 1,000. But it's, like, fully wireless. Yeah. And I think some of the conversations I saw going on were, like, the PSVR only works with the PlayStation, and people buying PlayStations are buying you know arguably because you know they're they're buying consoles because they like the simplicity and the uh the, the you know arguably the the cheaper cost of maintaining a console versus building a pc etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah you know yeah. and and so these high price tags are going to appeal to a niche for sure but you know is it going to presumably they want it to outperform the first psvr which was like <laughs> You know, clearly it was good enough for them to make a second, but mm. to my knowledge, it had a really low attach rate, yeah. and really it was just hoovered up by the niche. And I and I reckon this kind of cements it as the same thing. Even though the tech is really impressive, like I've seen the demos and stuff, like the Does tech is good. really impressive. Yeah, what are you some think? of those? Like, just... There are some of those games we were seeing when they show off, especially that Horizon one, just looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so good, like graphically extremely impressive, and just like. I was literally like, I want to play this. And I've never said that mm-hmm. to a VR game before in my life uh, because I'm not yeah. a big fan of VR. I don't think we're both big fans of VR. Um, I've done, I, and I've done my fair share on it as well. Like quite a few times, my uh, my old friend from work used to bring in his uh, MetaQuest and we used to play it um, at work on lunch breaks and stuff like that. So I've had my fair share of it. Um and I've still never really been hooked on it. Um, but yeah, some of, some of the software uh, looks pretty damn impressive. Um, but again, that was a wireless one, I think. I don't remember there being a wire when I used that. So I can imagine it being pretty <clears throat> annoying um, wired. Yeah, but... that, that's the thing for me, man. I, I will never... I, like, the actual technology I am interested in, I think there's potential there. Um, I like, but I'm not doing it until it's wireless. I'm not having a wire, a wire traipsed across my room. Um, yeah. You know, and that's not just because I have rabbits that will nibble through it. Like, even if I didn't have those rabbits, uh, I, it's, that's too much faff, man. <laughs> I'm yeah. not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, it's so much faff just in general for just you, not just even like the people that, like around you and like, like you said, pets and people and stuff like that. It's like, these games require you to move around a lot, spin around in some in some circumstances. Yeah, yeah. You know, you might be tripping over that wire. You know, I'm sure they design it as good as possible. <laughs> yeah, right. But like, yeah, it's just it's just not perfect yet. Um, and it's weird the direction they're taking. They're they're definitely they're they're, they're improving like the software front and the hardware front before like the usability front and stuff like that you know like making it fully wireless that's clearly not a priority for them yet they'd rather do other <laughs> stuff and then make it wireless um but for me it's the other way around um but i guess yeah yeah but um yeah basically i'm not huge on on vr um i think this is quite pricey um and i think if you want a playstation 5 and you want a vr experience with some software at seventy pound a pop, I would imagine, for for the for like that Horizon <laughs> game or something like that, right? The VR right. one. You're looking at spending a fuck ton of money. You know, you're looking at like probably 
1,100, 1,200 pounds, give or take. Yeah. Around that sort of area. And that's that's crazy to me. Like, it's so expensive. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I guess that's the thing. Like, I don't think it's going to pull anyone into the ecosystem. It's going to maybe give some niche of the already existing place, PlayStation fan base some extra money to spend. But um, what is that in our chat? <laughs> my chat oh, sex God. 69 fun find your love in you city this is you how do i <laughs> yeah that's right this is Second a account. smurf account yeah i don't i don't <laughs> get out of yeah you're in you're in more of a control center <laughs> to block the user how do i do this hide user on this channel fuck there you, you. Go. and you can get you, go. you did it um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's really derailed my thinking. God, um, you were just going that's it. Around, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so like, if like nobody's going to buy into that into the PSVR from not having any VR because, for like you said, for that price of um, the console and the headset and the game, like that racked up to about one thousand one hundred, one thousand two hundred. In which case, you could get a arguably better headset for your current pc you know mm -hmm. assuming you have the specs for it or whatever so i just don't see it kind of pulling people in which uh, you know probably isn't what they were trying to do um mm -hmm. but i just feel like we're not there yet with vr in terms of making it mass appeal i don't know if we'll ever get there for mass appeal but at least for like a to expand that hardcore market i don't think we're there and it's quite funny that other technologies like cloud has overtaken it right i feel yeah. like cloud is been introduced sooner and has overtaken vr yeah yeah no i yeah i, I completely agree yeah vr has been around um a lot longer than cloud and yeah it's been on a very steady um you know i'd say vr has been on a steady like increase in popularity i don't think it's decreasing but um yeah very very steady um increase there when yeah cloud is shooting up and that's just because it just comes down to um usability ease of access and cost as well you know and currently vr doesn't check any of those boxes um right now yeah. um so right. yeah you know i think i was gonna say if they want mass appeal right. they get mass appeal when they do price reductions and right now the tech's just not yeah. there they just can't it's new tech it's groundbreaking tech so they have to charge groundbreaking prices for it um so right. you're, you're going to get the hardcore audience, but you're not going to get the mass mass appeal audience until it starts becoming cheaper. Yeah, I think you're dead. You're dead right. Um, and I like just like I was going to say, like touching on cloud, like like I, like I do this fairly frequently. Like the other day, especially for like if it's on game, uh, you know, uh, Microsoft Rewards, they had like the, the Microsoft Top Ten, you know, get an achievement on one of these ten games, and one of them was Nobody Save the World, which I, I couldn't really get into at the time, but installed anymore. Still on Game Pass, though. Boot up on cloud, and, and I just forgot I was playing it on cloud. Like I regularly, and I know I play on my my consoles plugged in, so I've got like a, you know really good speeds. Mm. So it's like the optimal, you know, uh, the optimal sort of uh, environment for cloud streaming. But it's it's really making strides. Is my point? Um, like I just could not tell. There was no input lag that I could tell. Just super impressive. Uh, obviously, that's going to vary depending on Wi-Fi. But yeah, it's. Just quite crazy, I think, how well uh, they're they're doing with these cloud technologies. Yeah, definitely. Not good enough for a four hundred pound portable cloud 
console though. No, I'm <laughs> I don't not know. good enough for that. I think you guys are getting a bit ahead of yourself with that. It's crazy. Everything's so expensive. Um, yeah. Uh, so the second and last honourable mention that I wanted to touch on was um, around Matt Booty's presence on uh, Skill Up's podcast, uh, the Friends Per Second podcast. Um, Matt Booty overseeing all of the Xbox First Shot Pie Studios, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a good little interview. Um I'd like to have Matt Bowie on the show. I'd like to have Skill Up on the show. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be when fun. we're like forty. No, no, no. I've thirty got, more I've got years. Skill Up lined up for next week, mate. I uh, do you? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He owes me a favor. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask why. Yeah. Okay. I won't. Nobody ask him why. These are things we're better off not knowing. Yeah. You're. Yeah. <laughs> um and. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, so he and they they did um sort of get him to speak about a couple of studios, but there are two in particular that I thought that were just worth touching on. Um, particularly around en- uh, Undead Labs and in, in Exile, right? Oh my um, god! In Exile haven't revealed their name. What <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna be like Undead, more like is dead because we just <laughs> is never, dead labs. We just never hear from them. That was my joke. We just just. <laughs> I think they're making Stay in the K3. I don't know. I think so, too. They could be doing yeah, maybe. well. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe they'll come up with a, like a cookbook or something. <laughs> Stay in the K3 cookbook. Uh, like some shoes. Yeah. Um, and, oh, yeah, I've got some links here. So I, I forgot. I've got this in hyperlinks. So like, I'm just... Uh, just want to remember what he said around Undead Labs and Exile. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Undead Labs has announced their State of Decay 3 game and the CGI trailer we got was quite ambitious. There seemed to, you know, we had an undead deer and there was quite uh, a lot of focus on good visuals, at least from the trailer. But this is what he said. So to quote, we want the State of Decay, we want State of Decay 3 to compete visually. The team is really focused on animation, the interactivity between the player and the environment, and some of the things the coalition is working on for their project directly applies to that. So there is a lot of sharing, you know, particularly the conversation was around, you know, sharing of resources and cross-pollination between the studios. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which I think is really interesting, right? State of Decay has never been a looker. <laughs> None no. of their games have ever looked good. No. <laughs> there's always been, there has always been jankiness, but like just for a visual front they just have never looked good so i i think that's really interesting <laughs> i i think they're using ue5 and real engine 5s and obviously the coalition are perfect partners to help with that so mm-hmm. what are your kind of thoughts there between that uh, on that quote you know interactivity between the player and the environment lots of focus on animation visually competitive you know what are your thoughts on that on a state of decay game um yeah no i think it's all that's all excellent to hear um I wouldn't say that's priority number one for me when I'm thinking of the sequel, uh, the, the the next State of Decay. Like, I, I agree about removing jankiness because it was very janky. Um, but in terms of visually improving and stunning me, you know, I've come to terms with kind of State of Decay never really being that anyway. And I'd rather just them improve on gameplay mechanics and make proper co-op and build like a sort of more you know immersive world with like npcs that don't just tell you to fucking go get meds and farm their crops mm-hmm. and shit i'd rather than work on stuff like that which i'm sure they are as well i just hope they're not putting too much attention into just making this a bit of a visual blockbuster now um 
you know, we don't necessarily need that. We've got a lot of pretty visually impressive zombie games already. Um, you know, in terms of um, Dying Light 2 and um, Dead Island 2 on the horizon mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, we have hyper-realistic zombie games already. Um, but it's still good to hear, you know, in terms of removing jankiness and improving visuals. I'll never say no to that. Um just i just hope they're not putting all their eggs in one basket with that and it's just going to be a pretty uh shallow pool of of a game but looks better you know, mm. you know? well yeah i think well i think this is the thing about state of decay like i uh, they've always had it's always been a mechanically deep game like the people that like that game like it because the mechanics are so well tuned and you know rewarding and and all of this you know the micromanagement is really really satisfying um it's everything else (laughs) that's been difficult right um so i I definitely see your angle but i think the other side of this that is that i think actually a top of the line graphically competitive um game with like high animations really suits a state of decay game because there is a lot of like finding, you know, when you when you find a survivor and you know he's just a list of stats with a blurry face, you know, yeah, yeah, it, it takes away, it breaks that kind of immersion a little bit. Whereas you know, it, presumably in State of Decay three, you know, if we're finding these survivors and they're you know like really well animated, you know, they're walking and there's like footsteps in the snow, you know, there's like we can see the steam coming out when they breathe, you know, things like that. It just adds that level of kind of um humanity to, to some of those NPCs. And I think that just goes really nicely into a state of decay game. So um yeah. I think yeah. everybody is rooting from Deb Labs to to nail this one because you know I know a lot of people like State of Decay 2 now, and apparently it's in a much better place, but there is still an undeniable level of of jank, just at a system level, because hmm. the focus is on the on the on the uh, on kind of the systems, you know, and the mechanics rather than like the shooting and the animations and the um, and you know, obviously there was a lack of polish at launch, but you know, been ironed by now. So yeah, go Undead Labs, blow us away. Yeah, I'm rooting for him. uh i've got we've got an interesting question from joaquin here <laughs> in the before because we are going to touch on fables so i'll also touch on it now in the old fables tim the old ones hmm? did you have multiple wives and children <laughs> well i don't see this question there's my chat you know? lagging behind no oh, my chat wants uh, to disconnected or something um yeah no i didn't see that question uh so yeah sorry in fable did i have multiple children and wives yeah i think i had multiple I know why, wives dude. but i don't think i had multiple we children <laughs> i'm pretty sure we did yeah we <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure we did uh yeah i definitely was a little bit of a whore in fable um for one of my playthroughs mm. and i did have multiple partners i don't think i had like loads of different kids though running around from loads of different women i don't think i did that but no, I even can't commit to kids in a video game, dude. It's too much. Don't don't get me don't get me started. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Romance systems are really weird in games, aren't they? Like, mm-hmm. I I don't know. Like, I, I don't I don't know what to say about them. I've never really thought about it critically, but I, I suppose it's nice when there's like kind of a mechanic there to it. Um, but having said that, you know, a lot of people play. 
like you know these simulation type games uh like animal crossing or whatever it is where you know just being in the world and and having relationships that's i mean it's like we value platonic relationships in games right you know like mm-hmm. oh i love that character in mass effect or I, I you know love that character in the witcher so but there is something quite funny about the romantic ones it's usually because your partner walks in just for the just for the at the wrong time and then everything's really awkward you know what i mean for like yeah. the five second clip of characters kissing or something and then your partner yeah. walks in and you've oh, got i a promise you've this is a, like a, a <laughs> on the sofa <laughs> Like this is I don't know what's going on. It's not what it <laughs> looks like. Normal. I didn't realise you'd be home. <laughs> You're home early, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it's funny that. Uh because I remember like in The Witcher, I was like hyper monogamous Geralt. Yen Yen all the way. Mm-hmm. Like typically I'd go f- I'd go for the redheads with with Triss, but Nat I was going. Yen did something for me, and I was all the way monogamous. Cat, I was. I was Christian Geralt. I respect. That. <laughs> I followed my vows. Yeah, um, yeah, just funny stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's under labs. And the second one that Matt, Matt Boot spoke about, and as I said, he's he's a really good interview. So I would really would recommend you go and have a listen. They've got a timestamp, so you can just skip to the Matt Booty bit. Not that you you know, not that you'd want to, because of course they do a brilliant podcast. But if you're just interested in the Matt Booty part, you can do that. Um, and the second one of interest, I thought, was his um, uh, little chat about in, in Exile, which, of course, we know is titled Project Cobalt. The rumor is that it's a first-person steampunk game that a lot of internal impressions have been very, very impressed by. Okay. And just to, you know, uh, just to kind of get some perspective on the studio here, there are about 110 people in size, so that really they're like double a sized you know wasteland was a very big game it's like a it it's like a double a plus right it does it does feel like triple a in scope and in um uh like systems and then mm. the interactivity of that game is kind of bonkers do you know what i mean would you describe it similarly yeah yeah i wouldn't look at wasteland and think triple a immediately yeah i think just below it um yeah, it, it's it's adventurous with what it does, but it it never quite looks and feels like a triple A. Um, I don't know if that's just because of the style of RPG it is. Yeah, because it's just it's old school, and it makes me think that way because I'm more new school. I don't know, um, but yeah, I would agree with you with saying it, it's it's a little bit less than triple A. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of interesting because now that I think about it, I don't think. Like I'm when I'm thinking of all of those kind of XCOM. I know, I know what that is more RPG than it is XCOM, but you know what I mean. Like XCOM mm-hmm. strategy games, they're all like teetering between AA and AAA. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just because of the way I'm thinking of what a traditional AAA game is. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. Halo Wars. I know Halo Wars is an XCOM. Like Halo Wars, XCOM themselves, Gears Tactics. Like in my head, it's like oh, none of them are very clearly. But yeah, I think that's just the type of game they are. Right? It doesn't. Yeah screen budget and therefore you're kind of like oh it's a bit less than triple a yeah yeah exactly yeah kind of goes to show how pointless that categorization is right it's benign you might say oh nice I like that <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a throwback <laughs> that's it that's a good word. um 
Okay, I should probably get on to the actual point I was making. Okay, so this is what he said. In quotes, Matt said, uh, we had all our studio heads together and In Exile showed a vertical slice of their next game and everyone was kind of blown away. If there was a measure of the coolness of what you create as a ratio to how many people are working on it, that studio has to win a prize. Um, and I don't have the exact quote, so I'm paraphrasing for the next bit, but he kind of said that, you know, that they went to like kind of look what they're doing and they showed that they showed off like the vertical slice and he said like um oh this is pretty cool this is pretty cool they've done pretty well for the you know the time they've been working on it this is looking really good and then he said they showed him the next one they're like oh wow yeah this looks great great yeah really really impressive and then they showed him the next one and they were like how, how have you guys gotten this far and done this much and made this much impressive tech and this long you know to, you know, to that effect yeah and they've done a lot yeah. and, it, and like what what they're working on is very very exciting and they just squeeze the most resources out of the modest size studio that they have um so i'm really excited to see this game um, i think in exile is a really talented team you know they said that they have well you know we we know that in exile like i said have one, one of the most some of the best interactivity systems i would say across the industry and applying that to a first person shooter to steampunk rpg all oh, that sounds that sounds quite nice it does yeah yeah i'm i'm definitely quite excited and i'm just quite excited to just get like the name reveal for it and all that sort of stuff as well that's what's mm. quite exciting um yeah no yeah i'm i'm pretty hyped you know as much as that studio hasn't they don't exactly make games that appeal to me you know maybe this is the one that does um it, it definitely seems like the one that's most likely to uh to hook me so yeah i'm yeah. excited to see it and that, I think that's the thing about even with Wasteland 3, like we've both tried to get in, you know, we played a bit of carp together, maybe played the first five hours. I've tried to play like a couple more hours solo and I just, I just can't quite get going with it. I've spoken about this on a previous episode because it's like, you know, it just feels a bit old school for me, but with that game, I can really, even in the first five, 10 hours, I can super, super appreciate how much depth is there. Do you know what I mean? It kind yeah. of bleed like, tiny decisions you make the writing is really funny mm. um you know the loop system it all feels really snappy you know so there's a lot to, a lot to appreciate there and that's i think that's really really exciting so yeah definitely for sure hopefully hopefully uh e3 coming up mm. yeah okay tim let's get into the main stories for this week so this is what i was referring to earlier when we were talking about xbox first party and you know there's um there's a big conversation to be had here and you know we can really have this any week because it's uh it's been an ongoing problem for for 2022 um but it just seems pertinent right now with god of war here and the, the, the comments that phil has made so and, and those comments are are the story here so what what he said to quote is one thing we've definitely heard loud and clear is that it's been too long since we've shipped what people would say is a big first party game. He said that we could have our excuses on COVID and other things, but in the end, I know people invest in our platform and they want to have great games. Um, and I believe he said this on the the same brain podcast with I Justine. Do you remember I Justine? Yeah, I do. Yeah, fucking early YouTube celeb. Yeah. Um, she also doesn't look like she's aged a day since she's been making videos, which is like crazy to me. I don't know what skincare you're using, but can you send it my way? It's blood sack. Um, <laughs> perfect. Should we, should we do that after the Perfect. Show? Even easier than a regular skincare routine. 
I'd, I'd have to pay sacrifice. for it, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'd blood sacrifice on the regular. Um, yeah, uh, and he also said to follow, we look at 2023 and there's a great lineup of games that I'm excited about, you know. We're excited about 2023. We've talked about games that are coming and those games are tracking well. Getting our first real Xbox first party games out of Bethesda, having them ship Redfall and Starfield will be a lot of fun. So I suppose, you know, Phil being Phil, top bloke, just putting it out there. He's being honest. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly that's what makes how... the guy likable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he does cut the bullshit. Um, and it does... This is why, like, when all these things come out, um, and especially in like the Blizz Activision deal and stuff like that, with what Phil says, I, I would take his word for it. I would genuinely believe that's what he would do, and what what they would do with Activision and Blizzard and stuff like that, because he gen he genuinely has a track record of being quite an honest guy, um, uh, pretty uh, pretty open book. So, um. Yeah, and I think we would literally say the exact same thing if we were if we were put on put on we are on a live podcast right now. Um, we would, we, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, yeah. <laughs> when did this happen? <laughs> where, where am I? Um, yeah, so I would say the exact same thing. It's been a slow year, um, but we've just been um, it's just building up right it's 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 there's a lot coming in 2023 um and uh yeah i agree with with, with everything he said you know i would say the mm. same way mm. yeah 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 yeah. and it's you know it's it, it, i know but I, because this is, i think this is a phil gets some criticism for this because he's a lot of people feel like oh he's all talk and everything but you know I don't think so. Like he tends to follow through on the things he said, and there's a long history of that. And yes, it's taken time, and that's the long criticism. That you know, that's the ongoing criticism that all of us continue to have about about Xbox. And you know, I've said on previous shows, you know, I think it is a bit unfair. You know, the you know the exclusion criteria that a lot of people seem to have around Xbox's games. You know, like I said at the beginning of the show, Flight Sim doesn't count, Forza Horizon doesn't count, as Dusk Falls doesn't count. You know, all of these Game Pass day ones. You know, like. Um, plague tale that just happened or mm. you know dark tide that's coming up or somerville or um pentamon you know none of them count you know you know and i think that's a bit unfair but what we i think we can all agree is that if we are going to shrink that criteria to exclusive triple a games where are they yeah, been <laughs> and no except halo yeah yeah halo halo and forza yeah halo and forza. really been it yeah uh, and obviously, you know, in the previous year, there, there was also, because as we know, Xbox had a really successful 2021. Um, but, you know, that was Psychonaut. Oh, and there's the wrinkle of like, oh, that was Multiplat. Oh, there was Deathloop. That was technically a first party studio. There's the wrinkle that it was, uh, you know, PlayStation exclusive for a year. Mm. Just things like that. There was some more, but just lots of wrinkles. And Xbox needs those wrinkles to be ironed out really yeah. just to help with the pr and get that momentum moving and have some critical success like they need to get past this the xbox one optics that they have of, of you know still like crackdown three and um yeah, yeah. the cancelled fable legends and and halo infinite you know still now getting you know it had such a solid month first month or two but like the bad pr since then has just been never ending and they need to move past this and everybody's mm -hmm. i think hoping that Whichever comes first, Redfall or Starfield, will be that big reset button. 
Yeah, yeah. I just think, yeah, I, I, I think 2022 has just been a, you know, it's it, it's a game of making moves. Um, Xbox has been making moves for a, for a couple of years now. They're on the chessboard. They're moving their pawns. They're getting everything in place. And I do think 2023 will be the, you know, the year you start to see some, some, some pretty advanced uh, plays coming through. You know, maybe even a checkmate. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I get it. No, uh, nothing um, great. But yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I just went to throw in a little. Uh, yeah. I like my metaphors. It's, it's not a problem at all. I, I just wanted to shout out a couple of um, comments we got in the chat here. David Cohen says, uh, I'm now a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber. I think Game Pass Ultimate is great value, even though it's $15 for the first three months. It's quite a bargain. Includes Xbox Live Gold, includes EA Play. Don't forget, it includes cloud streaming as part of that. And um, soon, you'll be able to do family sharing. Um, as far as I'm aware, the family share is just for Ultimate packages. You can't share the non-Ultimate packages, if that makes sense. Um so even more value and and yeah and this is the thing when we're talking about like on that metric on the metric of triple a exclusive games that is a metric that xbox is, is losing yes quite comfortably like it's not that close you know just this year playstation and gran turismo did well bit of controversial launch but whatever it did well horizon did well and now god of war which is like you know and that's considered a fairly mild year, you know, quite tempered. And, you know, and they've had a few games before that as well. So, but in all other areas, Xbox is really excelling. You know, the, the Game Pass, the Game Pass Ultimate, the day one editions with Plague Tale we just had, which was, you know, fantastic. Dark Tide coming up. We've got like uh, Hollow Knight um, coming at the beginning of 23, mm. um, we think. And then the rest of the first party stuff. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the take. And and I guess my question to you sort of while, while we're on this um conversation tim is like what what do we think is a lot for 23 and like what what do we need here do we need because i've seen some comments saying like 2023 needs to be like mega stacked to make up for 2022 does xbox need to make up for 2022 or do they just need to try and hit their cadence that, that we're going to try and regularly have which they've said is one a quarter yeah yeah I, I i don't think they need to make up for 2022 i think everyone uh, being you know fate more sided with xbox was fully aware that 2022 would be this kind of year um i think halo infinite we could all agree could have been a bit a bit more of a banger that i think i would have helped um if it didn't just die off well, just, um, they kept it up quick. Yeah, yeah exactly they kept yeah. it up um so that definitely took the wind out of the sails a little bit and i'm sure i'm sure microsoft um xbox was kind of hoping um you know it didn't like we said die off that quick um but yeah i don't think i don't think they have anything to make up for um and i think just that yeah just hitting what they promised and what they've talked about now for one to two years so just like you said hitting that cadence of a, a good first party game every quarter i even think that's that's quite a lot as well so you know if we're trying to hit like a really high standard of triple a as well like god of war and horizon and stuff like that having consistently four of those a year is is quite is is quite a big deal like that's quite the um the thing to uh to take on um so yeah i just think just just work on making them like 
not fucking flop. Like just, just I just want Red Redfall. E- even if it's literally just Redfall Starfield, it's just like a, a massive delays, whatever. As long as those release and they're good and they're up to the standard that they were promised, I'd be pretty happy. Um, you know, it, it it's you don't need to drown me in games. I'd rather have less at a higher quality. Um, and I even think, like I said, I even think one every quarter is maybe a bit too quick. Um, you know. I'd rather have less if it's better quality. But yeah, especially when they can supplement it with Game Pass editions. Um, exactly. You know, which is what they've been doing. What they've been trying to do anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a really good point. And you know, I, I hate to try and like sort of quantify this a lot, but like, what what is like an acceptable? You know, if we're thinking about aggregate scores, Open Critic, what what is a score that you think is is fair and but but essential for these first party studios to be hitting? You know, because it hasn't just been the quantity that Xbox has been struggling with until recently. You know, it's been the quality. You know, they have the mm-hmm. quality has really picked up since sort of 2020 um, across Age of Empires, Gears Tactics, um, Flight Sim, Halo, Forza, As Dusk Falls, you know, all of that. Um, but, you know, prior to that, Crackdown was in the 60s. Sea of Thieves launched a high 60s. You know, obviously yeah. it's popular now, but, you know, so what, what do you think? If, if there's a number you had to put on it, do you think, do you think is, you know, uh, unnecessary for these studios to hit or be be aiming for as a yeah. minimum? Yeah, if we're talking AAA studios, we're talking the likes of these things that have been hyped up, Redfall, Starfield, all that. I, I'd like these games to be hitting the 80s. I, I, I'd say, yeah. like, you know, if Redfall and Starfield were released and that, like, settled at, like, a 77... Or you know, a high seventies. That's still a bit lackluster yep. for me. You know, I'd like them to hit eighties. Of course, this score and everyone's review scores. You know, it's down to how you perceive the game. You know, someone might see it. A reviewer might see it as a seventy-five, but you might enjoy it as a nine. You know, obviously that that's always going to be the thing with with rating games, of course. But as a general. Um, from a PR standpoint and a public view, I'd like these games to be hitting 80s. Yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you know, as much as we can talk around in circles, you know, reviews don't matter, etc. They do, don't they? You they, know, do. they do in terms yeah, of success, the public critical success. Yeah. And we know, we even know from all these leaked documents that all these publishers use them as metrics for shareholders. They use them as metrics, you know, internally to make. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
pr propositions and rationales for, for funding and green light, you know, everything. They yeah. do matter. If they, don't, yeah. if they don't matter to you, that's, that's, you know, that's fine. And I totally understand that, but you know, they, they are important in the, in the larger sort of scheme of things. Um, so yeah, I'm with you, Tim. I think all of these games need to be at least hitting 80. Um, of course I'd like it higher because, you know, really when we look at something like, and this, you know, a game like God of War is like a freak game. Like Elden Ring. These are freak games. Like you cannot expect all games to be hitting this because you're getting into formulaic territory then. Like yeah. and unless, you know, unless you're like, you know, the the scores still fall on like a normal distribution, like a bell curve scale. So, you know, you're still hitting, you know, 90 is still gonna be less less common as it should be. Um but I do think they need to get a 90 under their belt kind of as soon as possible again mm. I, I hate trying to like just put this into numbers and everything um because comfortably something like avowed could resonate more with wider audiences at an 85 than god of war might do at 94 right you know so it's not all about that score for sure but what upcoming game do you think is most likely to get a 90 plus um Forza Motorsport, Hellblade 2, Avowed, Fable, Starfield, Redfall. Uh, those are pretty much all the ones that are announced for now, mm. barring under uh, State of K, but that's so far away. You know, what What do you think? And just uh, to the chat as well. What do you think, chat? I think it's it's hard to say because, like, I want to say Fable, but that sh that that's being undertaken... Um from a brand new studio so it's really hard to know how that's that's going to turn out and playground yeah, games is yeah. obviously fantastic but they've never made anything like an rpg before obviously they have an incredible track record so i'd like to say that and i want to say that but i feel like just because of that i can't uh, and i want to say starfield as well but i just feel like that game has so many fucking eyes on it already and so like <laughs> yeah. everything is just being looked at from such a critical standpoint like people are zooming in on the fucking sand on a moon and saying it's not enough pixels in this grain of sand stuff like that and it's just i want to say that but i feel <laughs> like that game is under so much scrutiny that i i I want it, and I think it's probably capable of hitting a 90, but I just don't think it will. I don't know. There's just this feeling I have in me that that game's going to be like mid-80s. I don't think it will. You're dead right. You're dead right with what you said. Um, what? No, no. I thought I just had like a mini little stroke there. Ignore me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't. Uh, no, I'm dead with you. When I think of Starfield, I'm like... Because let's let's be real. Let's be real. Starfield is the first next-gen game that's being made. Yeah. I don't think I'm upsetting anyone there. You know, the, the next-gen-only games that PlayStation have put out have been, like, what, Dark Souls Remake, uh, Returnal, was it? Uh, mm, Ratchet Returnal. and Clank. Ratchet mm. and Clank was arguably their, you know, poster boy for that, but then... It seemed doable on the PS4 as well. Like, yeah, the world shifting was absolutely supplemented by the SSD and it was the best place to play, no doubt. But um, I'm pretty sure the game has been run on a HDD. Like, that's been proven at this point. Um, not that any of that, like, disqualifies or, like, reduces the quality of the game. But, you know, let, let's face it, in terms of scale, Starfield is bigger than 
Ratchet and Clank, isn't it? You know, in terms yeah. of the ambition yeah. there and, and grappling with the hardware. Um, and I, I think you're right. As a result, I think a lot of scrutiny comes with that. And I just cannot see that game getting 90 plus, yeah. even though I would, you know, I'd love it. I'd love it if they could pull that off, but sorry, I interrupted you. Anything else? Uh, other games? Oh yeah. No, I was basically <laughs> going to say, I think out of, out of the options I ha- I at our disposal and the list that was, is given, I forgot everything on there already. I'd say the most likely to hit. It's in the notes. Okay. I'd say the most likely to, where is it on the notes? Uh, I've just got it on the topic. Phil acknowledges lack of big first party games, and then it's in bold, just above the picture. Oh, above okay, the screenshot. Yeah. yeah, I'd say the most likely are those. The easy one is Forza Eight, but yes. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Hellblade. I think I think Hellblade is is quite likely in my eyes to hit a ninety or above. Hmm interesting with the way that game is shaping in particular right okay yeah just just from from what we've seen of it um and just the step up from hellblade one and just like how long they're taking and you know they're being honest and delaying it for these reasons and stuff like that it's really you can tell it's a passion project for them which i'm sure a lot of games are but i i just it just gives me this vibe of I just it gives me like a similar like God of War vibe. Like that that's kind of what it's giving me. Um mm. so I think that yeah. might get a 90 plus. Well that's what you know a lot of people are saying, you know, oh, where's Xbox's God of War? You know, does Xbox need a God of War? I don't know, I'd but you know, it needs, is closest. It, yes, right. And you know, because I mean you know, I'm looking at the first one right now, and the first one only has not 84 which i think is fucking robbery by the way and it yeah. was multi-plat back then yeah. um hellblade and like this this really worries me sorry i'm going on a bit of a tangent like this really worries me that i think there are games which really make use of the medium of video games so so well but then they get criticized for not being like a traditional video game that really, really worries me. It like mm. there's, there's there's no bonus points awarded for like um, creativity, you know, y- use of the medium, you know, creativity, innovation. Um, I, 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 a lot of out and there are a lot of out, out, outlets that do recognize that, but there are also a lot that just like are like oh, it wasn't enough cinematic cutscenes, and it's like the game's not uh, trying to accomplish that, you know. And I've I've made this point before that I think cinematic third-person action adventure games are typically the sort of game that receives the highest reviews because mm-hmm. it's most analogous to films yeah basically agree. and yeah. therefore we know what to look for we know what's good we know what's bad but you think about something like hellblade you you haven't played hellblade yet have you no there's a really minor minor spoiler there's there's a, a mechanic in the game which fucking lies to you it lies to you (laughs) to induce anxiety yeah there's a level in the game there's a long level which trains you to get used to audio cues 
bearing in mind the game has phenomenal surround sound like because there's voices talking to you and they use these voices to um indicate like enemy direction like someone will say he's behind you and you know or like block now you know to help all of that stuff that you never usually see Mm. and then at the end of the level you fight in pitch black and you just use vote like that is incredibly creative stuff and that's like this is what i mean when i'm talking about using the medium you can emulate that in in a movie yeah. And it worries me that, like, because I think Hellblade's a comfortable nine, and people say, oh, the combat wasn't very good, but it's like, I don't know, like, it wasn't about the combat. Yeah. <laughs> like, it had everything you needed. It had, like, counters. It had perfect counters. It had different combos. The game never tells you what the combos are. You just experiment and you find your way. And that's part of what it was trying to achieve. It, 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 what it sets out to do, it does. Um, yeah. There's no loot system. <laughs> like, for fuck's sake. And that worries me, like, because I, that's what makes me think, I don't know if Hellblade 2 does get, like, if they take that to the next level, I think, yeah, we may be looking at a couple of extra points because the game looks phenomenal if they have expanded on the combat. Um, I think there are going to be haters out there. There are going to be mad haters, you know? Mm. Where's my movie game? True. It's my rant, dude. I can see that. It's my fucking rant. Um, yeah, so... You think, so... so you think fours are eight? And I just, again, I think about it's just too much. It's just a giant question mark. Like, I want it, and I think it could. Obsidian, fantastic, always have been. But it's just too much of a question. I haven't seen enough to to, to, to be like, yeah. this is a nine, you know. Um, plus, it's experimental. It's so, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you. There's, And that's the thing. Like, I can't confidently pin any of these studios as hitting nine, nine at 90 or above on their next games. Yeah. Um, I really can't. And that's not to say they're not capable. Obviously I think they're fantastic studios. I just, I'm not confident. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. And I don't think it ultimately matters. If a lot of these studios are hitting 85 plus, I think that will do the job. That will start mm. to, or even 80 plus that will start to cement. Oh, Xbox is churning out solid titles, you know, um, quarter after quarter and that's what we really need but in terms of the 90 plus question i don't know if we'll get there for a bit but we'll, i hope i'm wrong yeah hope i'm wrong hope starfield gets there hope redfall gets there but you know i can already tell that redfall's not for everyone and that means it's people are going to give it three out of tens and shit so yeah i, I can already tell that that game's going to be high 70s or, or just scratch an 80 yeah agreed <laughs> okay 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 so following on from this tip um, and this is kind of um, not just following on from the the story, but also our conversation. Forbes put out an article um, from Paul Tassi, and I, I like all of the stuff he does. So this isn't like a dig. This is just the nature of opinion pieces. Sometimes opinions are different. No problem, bro. That's okay. <laughs> um, the article was titled... PlayStation is still a hit machine while Xbox hasn't even started catching up yet. Uh, To quote, it's uh, referencing God of War Ragnarok. Paul says, it's the latest in a long, long, long series of absolute stellar first party exclusive games from PlayStation. The list is just massive. The Uncharted series, Last of Us Part 1 and 2, Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima, 
Bloodborne, and now two God of War games that are some of the best-reviewed titles in two generations. Microsoft Xbox, which excelling in a subscription value space with Game Pass, still has, has yet to not just match this, but really even start attempting to match this. They went an entire generation without many meaningful exclusive titles, and I'd argue none on the level of Sony's offerings. The best exclusives for Xbox across two generations now have been Forza titles, and those are heavily reliant on players liking the racing genre in the first place. So my question to you and to listeners is to what degree do we agree with this? Because I, I publicly went to Twitter and you know said that I think it's a little bit high. I agree with the overall sentiment, mm. but I think it's a little bit harsh. What do you think? Haven't even started uh, catching up yet. Yeah, see that that's that's what gets me. Uh, I, I agree with with what he said. You know, like facts are facts. PlayStation have churned out all of those games, and Xbox haven't really. The thing that gets me and and triggers me most is the hasn't even started catching up. I think that's all Xbox has been doing. It's just is playing catch up, and we are catching up. Just because we haven't released anything, it doesn't mean we're not in the race. And you know, like I said, it's just it's it's all it's all just been prep work, and I think it's it's all going to start coming out in a steady cadence come twenty twenty three onwards. Um, so I would disagree with the whole like you know catching up insinuate we're not even in there you know we've already lost the race or whatever like that like that that's why i disagree with um yeah then that's what i mean like there, there always seems to be a wrinkle to one of these successful titles that xbox does put out like that exclusion criteria shifts those goalposts shift yeah okay so forza horizon half counts because it relies on racing games flight sim isn't even considered you know that's a 90 plus game it's niche that's not really the point is it i thought we were talking about exclusive games oh it's first pie exclusive games okay well that doesn't count because flight sims made by a sobo i guess so that doesn't count oh but you said bloodborne bloodborne was made by fromsoft they're not first pie but that counts oh yeah. <laughs> what about spy man insomniac wasn't acquired when they found the first spider-man so does that count <laughs> you know what i mean this ever shifting criteria is uh <clears throat> it's interesting oh, no I'll, I'll end it that adjective yeah so <clears throat> sorry just kidding mm. you're back don't worry yeah sorry i got sucked into the shadow realm for a moment <laughs> i promise no console warring at the beginning of the episode and yeah. then look at me now yeah, i have solemnly sworn and i i've held that <laughs> you're going yeah, to hell now but you're <laughs> into gamer jail um uh you know other things as well gears tactics that was like mid 80s um but it was pc first so it doesn't count age of empires mid 80s ah it's pc first doesn't count it's coming to xbox doesn't count it's already been on already been on pc for so long pentiment's coming up doesn't count it's an indie title even though it's like 20 to 25 hours long and it's made by a triple a studio obsidian Made by AAA Studio. This this is the frustration. So I I PlayStation, you know, to to to, to repeat the quote, PlayStation is still a hit machine while Xbox hasn't even started catching up yet. And that's just the headline, but the 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 article shares the same spirit. And of course it draws on Phil's own comments about the lack of first party, big first party titles this year. But but to say that Xbox hasn't even started catching up yet, I, I feel is a little bit unfair. Mm -hmm. you know 
We've had, we have had, 2022 has been bad. No one's going to deny that. But across 2020 and 2021, in particular 2021, there's been good stuff here. They have started catching up. They have started. Um, but nobody's going to disagree with you that PlayStation is a hit machine. <laughs> nobody's going to disagree with that. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, for recent years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Um, We'll move on uh, because uh, we're getting on for time. Um, but you know, on the same, you know, on the same podcast that you know we've been speaking about the whole time with Justine on the same brain podcast, uh, Phil reiterates the intent to keep COD on PlayStation after the ABK deal goes through. No real extra news to follow up on there, but it was really funny because she, Justine like asked him like a sort of kind of broad question about what could happen with the deal, like and foreclosure and exclusivity. And Phil just like looked to the camera and he was like, we're not going to take on off PlayStation. I know you didn't ask that, but I, I just want to punch that in the nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just really funny. Um, Cause the guy's just like, oh, he's obviously sick of talking about it as much as we are. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. yeah. I do love Phil. He's such a legend. Yeah, he's good. He is a legend. Um, Okay, uh, next story then. High on life, Dev Tim. Squanch Games has Squanch. said that Xbox has been an absolute dream to work with. Um, obviously, talking about high on life. High on life, I forgot about that. That's coming this year. It's coming December. Yeah, it's really exciting. I'm excited for this game. Yeah, yeah, I am as well. Um, and they've said that Xbox has been an absolute dream to work with. They've been very supportive in their efforts to help us market high on life and have completely stayed out of any development of the game. This is what we like to call the perfect partner. How'd that sound? How'd that sound? Sounds pretty good, man. And yeah, that's kind of exactly what you want out of a, out of a, um, uh, a, a publisher, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah a publisher. Um, you know, you, they don't interfere with the dev work. They don't you know, have any suits coming in and says it needs more, more sad dad storylines. No, just let them fucking. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, damn it! Did I break? Did I? Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> you nah. might have done. <laughs> nah, nah. You're riding um, the line there, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's it's just nice that you know they can get on with their stuff and you know in the areas they need to be supported in in terms of marketing and um and getting the game you know, where it needs to be to get seen, uh, that's when they come in to help. You know, like you said, like, I couldn't... I imagine, like like I said, that that's exactly what you want. So, good stuff. Mm -hmm. Lovely, what we like to hear. Next up, we've got the Game Pass editions for November. If you wouldn't mind, Tim, could you pop this on the screen for our dear viewers? If you could uh, just try and zoom in on it or... Kind of caught me off guard here, bro. No, I'm kidding. Ready? I'm ready. Good. Because I have it right there, you know? It's right there. I put it on the note, you prick. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, it's here. <laughs> Jesus. There's so much emphasis on that T. All right. It's on the screen. <laughs> Little gay boy. Um, yeah, high like Squanch Games making a Conquer game. Yeah, that'd be interesting. They um, are perfectly suited for a Conquer game. Damn, that's actually, mm. that's hot. I like that comment. That's a good shout. Yeah. Yeah, 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 me too. Although, I, I don't know if, like, Justin Roiland can do anything but Rick and Morty humour. Yeah. But maybe that, that could just be Conquer's revival. Yeah. Conquer in space? Yeah, that's it. Interdimensional Conquer? Yeah. 
the multiverse. I think you're onto something. I think Wakeen is. I think Wakeen is onto something. <laughs> I tell you what, they are actually like genuinely like. I saw that and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like I yep. couldn't name a a, yep. a better studio to actually uh, to do that. Yeah. Um. Okay, so uh, we've got a good month. We've got a good month yeah. for Game Pass here. We've got um um two walking two of the Walking Dead games. I think these are the t- Telltale games, aren't they? They're just yeah. PC for now. Uh, Football Manager twenty three, uh, for PC, and then Football Manager twenty twenty three for cloud and console as well. We've got Ghost Song. I think what's the one on the top right there? I think it's the Legend of Tian Ding. Is that right? Uh, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Return to Monkey Island, which is the sequel, you know, like the next installment in that in that dormant franchise. Uh, Ghost Song. And then the B, well, for me, the, the big three standouts, Pentiment, Vampire Survivors, and Somerville. That's yeah, lovely. That's, it's, 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 a, it's a big month. Like, Monkey Island is is big for a lot of people. Like, this this game, I think, has been quite yes. long-awaited. Long um, so I think people are quite excited um, to play this. And it has a, it has a pretty big um, fan base. So... Um, yeah, so that that that's Down. pretty big. Obviously, Pentiman is 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 massive. Um, you know, that's that's been pretty hyped up and and um, will no doubt um, be a, a, a banger um, as per Obsidian standards. Uh, and we talked It'd about be funny. Okay, you go. Yes. So yeah, so it'd, be, it'd be funny if after all of our conversation with that, the pen, like if Pentiman hits ninety on Metacritic. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't count. It's not. It's not triple. Doesn't count, dude. It's not triple A. No, it's not triple A. Doesn't count. Triple A just stands for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's only it's only an ah. It's not an ah. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's about to lose thirty of our subscribers. Yeah, that's true. One, three quarters of them. Um. <laughs> But yeah, and we talked about Vampire Survivors at the beginning of the podcast. Um, that looks pretty cool. I was only made aware of it today, um, but it looks it looks yes. pretty exciting and pretty fun. And Somerville looks yes. to be a bit of a banger. So yeah, mm. big, 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 yeah. big. This could be this could be a big month. Yeah, hopefully that it would be it would be it'd really help Xbox PR if Pentiment reviewed really well. I have no doubt this game's going to hit like eighty plus. Um, but if it can really get into those upper echelons, that would be super, super exciting. Um, but yes, I'm very excited for that game. I think it, it looks so, so interesting. And they've been very tight-lipped about a lot of stuff in there. Um, I think there have been some previews out there already. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, they've all been hyper-positive. Yeah. Um, and Somerville, um, I don't know if that comes... I think that comes out after Pentiment, but yeah, I'll be looking forward to playing that as well because um, Inside and Limbo were fantastic. So good month. Good, good month. Very good month. Have these got dates? Like, because they normally do like the they normally do like a first five of the big first half of the month. Yeah. Is is it done like literally top row is the first half of the month and the bottom row is the second half of the month? I don't know actually. I remember seeing on the article that they put Vampire Survivors is the tenth of November. I'm pretty sure Pentiment. I want to say it's the sixteenth, maybe the fourteenth. No, sixteenth is my baby's due date. Might be the fourteenth. I can't remember. It's in the teens, and I don't know about Somerville. I don't know about the others. So, okay, uh, that's fair enough. But it's on the Xbox Wire post. Um, if you're just yeah. gonna have a look. Okay. Cool. All right. Moving on then. Um, 
Embracer, you know, Embracer, the Nordic uh, yeah. planetary sized publisher that's hoovering up every single studio, mm. um, has recently closed. Sorry, no, has recently acquired. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? Closes their recently acquired studio, which is Square Enix Montreal. You did it. Yeah, that's right. God, I, I'm. Yeah, you got it. You got absolutely it. Absolutely scrambled. Yeah. So, uh, so, okay, right. So, this is what happened, right? Square Enix Montreal. They only acquired them a couple of months back, and they renamed them to Onoma, O-N-O-M-A, Onoma. Weird name, but maybe it's more Um A lot of those, or some of that staff, at the very least, is being transferred over to IDOS Montreal. IDOS Montreal made games like uh, Deus Ex, first and second. Don't know what else, but those ones. And as part of this, uh, part of the, the Bloomberg article uh, that, that Jason Tri put out, we found out that IDOS Montreal have been working, or at least have plans to work, presumably have been working, with Xbox uh, on games including Fable. Ooh. Hmm. That's a chin stroker. Thoughts? Um, yeah. So they're just like... Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. What? Uh, I just Mon- Montreal. Montreal did Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Well, Square, Square, I think Square Enix did it, but a lot of the staff obviously going to Montreal. Yeah. So similar. Similar okay. staff. Yeah. So this this new Onoma has been working with Xbox on Fable. Uh, Is that what so- you're saying? Onoma was Square Enix Montreal. They've yeah. been closed, but a lot of that staff has been transferred to IDOS Montreal, and IDOS are working with Xbox on games, including Fable. Fable's the one, the main one here. Okay. About. All right. Uh, yeah. It's pretty exciting. Embracer and uh, and Xbox getting co- getting cozy, getting in bed together. Mmm. Especially yeah, they're and I think what... embrace, they? are going kind of mental. They are kind of mental. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it begs it begs a couple of questions, really. You know, uh, what, would Xbox be buying this studio if ABK wasn't being such a pain in the ass or wasn't still going through? Are Xbox doing the right thing by recruiting the support of so many external studios? This is the third, right? Mm. We've got. Um, Certain Affinity helping with 343. We've got Crystal Dynamics helping with the initiative on Perfect Dark. And now yeah. we've got Idos Montreal supporting Playground with Fable. Um, and this is really common, right? You know, we know that, I think it was said in the chat earlier, I think Joaquin said, um, you know, there were like six studios involved with God of War. There was like 12 studios involved with The La- uh, Last of Us Part Two. It's common, and Matt Booty's spoken about this on, on, I've watched a couple of interviews he's had. Um, he's spoken about this kind of, you know, studios for hire kind of thing, where if there's a downtime for one of the, one of the many teams in the studios, they can just get recruited and get, you know, get the, get the bag, get the paycheck. Mm. Um, however, you know, I, I'm not sure, we, we've heard a big criticism from Microsoft 
or about Microsoft is that they've relied really heavily on contract workers. And this was part of the reason 343 really struggled because they have a proprietary engine. They have people coming in, going out, and people have to come in yeah. and relearn the engine. And, you know, maybe that is a unique 343 problem with, with Slipstream, considering a lot of the other teams seem to be using Unreal Engine 5 and, you know, uh, really leveraging the coalition to develop expertise there. But uh, it's, I you know, I, I don't know if this is better than bringing in individual contractors do you know what i mean we know we know because we know they have a hiring freeze at the moment as well um mm. I, that, from what i last heard so they're not bringing on for more full-time employees because uh, of uncertainty but like i'm just i th- to me this sounds like a little bit better you know i think people see this news and at face value are like oh they can't make the game by themselves oh they must be really struggling internally you know what do you think um no i don't think it's anything like struggling internally or 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 anything like that i just feel like i mean i don't know what what goes into into development and and how xbox c recruiting external help is better than doing it internally um i don't know any of the 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 inner workings of that sort of thing um i feel like if xbox could do it internally they probably would it's just you know the expertise uh, are better from from the outside looking in uh, they've got more experience with exactly what they're looking for i don't think it's necessarily uh, an internal struggle an issue and these people are bailing <laughs> xbox first party studios out i don't think it's anything like that um right and i just think it's it's also just good to just I think it's nice to work with with studios outside of of the of your internal sort of umbrella. Um, I think it's it's good to make that's those sort of friendships and that that sort of um, that sort of stuff for sure. And yeah, who knows? It might even result in you know potentially Xbox wanting to buy these studios off Embracer or something like that, you know, depending on how well this, this partnership works out. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, is this has been part of the speculation, right? You know, it's like, well, what is like for this whole time, what has Embracer's game been? What, what are you doing? <laughs> but you're not, they're not a games company. Embracer are not a games company, but they're buying no. up a load of games company to, to oversee. And you know, flip them. The thought process, right? Yeah, the thought process with with some of this actually finding out that a lot of the studios, or some of their studios at the very least, are involved helping other publishers and other studios. Are they just flip? Yeah, flipping them because they know that it's a booming industry at the moment. Um, you know, selling them, getting, you know, lending them out to other publishers that they kind of you know require or demand the help and then being like oh you could have them if you want just a couple of hundred mil sweet couple mils which we know is Um, not much for you philly so get that wallet out yeah Yeah. Yeah, that's right and like the and the other side of it is instead of looking to sell they just try that they just rent these studios out yeah and that becomes the model mm-hmm. or they just charge high contract prices and they just become embrace and become known as the contracting studio mm. um so it's yeah. weird 
It it's weird. weird. And uh, yeah, I don't... I think, it, I think if anything, this is a good thing because these are established studios and who have, who have made good games. And to me, it shows that Xbox want to push these games to the next level. Mm. You know, um, like teams of 100 or 200 are big. And, you know, you can definitely make AAA games on that scope, but there might be some compromises here and there where they just simply didn't have enough time or Xbox are looking to accelerate the development so that you know, we're not waiting till 2025 or six for a lot mm. of them to come out. So, yeah, overall, it's a good thing, but it is interesting that we're hearing more and more that other of these sort of bigger name studios are supporting, um, supporting them. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's it should be looked on in a negative light. Um, especially when you you just don't know. It's all assumption at this point. Um, so it's just I think it's quite. It's quite harsh and just naive to just look in and just be like, oh, they're clearly struggling. You know, it's just like, well, no, like that's that's probably not the reason. Like nobody knows, but you know, why just assume that? Uh, but yeah, I agree with yeah, you. I don't, right. I don't think it is because Xbox. It, it's a negative. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Just speculation, though. Just speculation territory. Because I can see M Chat making some really good points. Um, you know about the wrinkles of that. But yeah, you know, it's um just looking out out inwards to, to what they're trying to do. And I can see those things all being feasible. Um, but, you know, it might be the case that this has always been happening and we just haven't known about it until recently. So, hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. shame. All right. Well. Moving into the next story. Um, I haven't seen anybody really report on this, which does surprise me a bit. I don't know. It's just because Xbox, you know, a lot of Xbox-dominated media doesn't want to talk about Xbox bad news, but... Xbox have raised their prices in India, and this isn't news they've got any mainstream traction. Um, and this just really surprises me for a number of reasons, especially because we, you know, we just had Phil talking about how they're going to hold prices for the holidays. Yeah. Um, I know India is not a big market for Xbox. You know, there's a, there's a 10 to 1 PlayStation dominance there. So really, really not doing well in, in India. Yeah. Um, and to me, this is kind of just like throwing in the towel. There's been a 12% increase in price on, on consoles. Accessories have gone up as well. Yeah, that's right. And it, like, like they've, I think even Phil has publicly spoken about emerging markets and being interested in collaboration with studios that, like, particularly in India, which is like a, you know, an emerging market for, for gaming. Mm. It's just, I don't know, maybe it's just for now, they've just, they're just throwing in the towel and they're just kind of like, we'll wait until the games are out and then we can get some more traction. But other than, you know, we need to be siphoning more money to, to keep stuff in that market yeah. for now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, 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 the little that's coming in from it, they just need to raise. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely seems that way. Yeah. yeah. It's just pretty unfortunate um, for all the Xbox fans over in India. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and 12% so it's a pretty hefty increase. That's, that's no, that's no small, um, price increase, especially across the board from accessories and uh, consoles and everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll see, uh, having spoke about the price raise, you know, possible price raises last week, I think we'll see something happen in 2023. I doubt 
they raise console prices, but how, considering they've just done it in India, then maybe it isn't off the cards. You know, it's it's mm. it's a weird time economically, and it's you know we all kind of grimaced when the PlayStation did it, but you know maybe it's a kind of a sign of the times. Um, I mean, we'll see. I, I do think it would be an unpopular decision. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, from sure. me, you know, in the same way that we criticize PlayStation's move. We'll criticize Xbox doing that, but we expect that some things will shift. And some, like, Game Pass going up by a couple of quid is not comparable. And, like, I think we all agree that that's absurd value anyway. So, mm. maybe you would have a problem with that happening once the first pie carpet starts rolling out. Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next up, and a weird little thing that Microsoft has done with their money, gone a bit too, too loose and fast, is that Microsoft have invested in an Asian game company called We Made. I've never heard of this company until this happened. And I think this is kind of sus, I'm not going to lie, because the company focuses on PC, phones, and blockchain games. Oh. But didn't you just buy, like... Oh. The biggest, oh, one no. of the biggest in that area anyway no the oh. pc and phones yeah i mean well no i mean the blizzard activision deal has like yeah like candy crush and stuff like that but wait does it well king is still massive king yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it king yeah that's the one um yeah seems like they're investing heavily into uh mobile hmm <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we can all hope here that the investment isn't for blockchain and it is for the PC and phones. You know, maybe they're looking for a partnership and like, who knows? You know, maybe there's some expertise they're trying to lend. Um, You know, we'll see. We'll see what they do with phones. Uh, It's it's not for us, I don't think, Uh, barring some extreme outliers like, you know, Hearthstone. We had a good time with. Have you played Marvel Snap yet? Marvel Snap? No, I haven't. No. Any good? I haven't either. I've heard it's really good. Yeah, I've heard. I've good heard things. really positive things. Yeah, yeah, I have heard positive things as well. Um, and I've I've seen it pop up on a few of my feed, uh, my YouTube feeds, and people playing it that like used to be like Hearthstone YouTubers, and they're sort of playing it for their channel and stuff like that. Definitely looks interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Might give it a go. But yeah, like you know, uh, this is another thing, right? Because Xbox have or Microsoft even. Well, I think I think Phil has. Uh, hopefully, I'm not misquoting, but they've been pretty public about disliking the blockchain right now and NFTs mm. and the metaverse. And I really hope that's not all just lip service, and um, because this exchange is a little bit suspicious. But you know, maybe maybe there is some more. Exp- there's some R and D going on behind the curtains, essentially, because we have spoken about like the the benefits of blockchain, right? You know, that mm. kind of idea that you kind of can carry your cosmetics between games and you own them. And yeah. I, I think everyone can make sense of a possible benefit there. It's just all the downsides that come with it, like hyper monetization and, exactly. um, and you know, environmental damage, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. It so the trade-offs, yeah. Yeah, by all means, look into it. But if you're going to pull this trigger, you know, make sure everything's lined up um yeah. and you know not that i think it is to do with blockchain it's just it's just a bit surprising yeah yeah that's for sure yeah yeah it's definitely it's definitely touchy um bringing that sort of stuff into the gaming industry so 
if you're going to do it, sit on it for a while and, you know, get, you know, make make sure it's where it needs to be. Um, otherwise, that, that shit's, that shit's going to backfire real hard. Um, you do, you have to be careful with that. That's quite a volatile thing. So, uh, but yeah, hopefully it's just to do with PC and mobile um, and their, their expertise in that area. But yeah. Yeah. Lovely. All right. We have a Halo segment. Tim, Whoa. have you heard much about that? We've got winter update this to tomorrow, I think it is. It's November 7th, I think. This tomorrow? November 8th? It's either tomorrow or Tuesday. I can't remember, yeah. Heard much about it at all. Have you been, uh, have you been tracking this at all? Seen anything? I haven't been tracking it myself. What's your vibe? When you sort of, you ping me things here and there about it, and I give it a quick little read and stuff like that, but I've kind of dropped off tracking Halo, if I'm honest. Um... So, but from what I hear, it's it's exciting. There's a lot coming. The biggest one for me is kind of Forge. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. Um, but yeah, it's all kind of exciting. I mean, stuff like the match XP and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that kind of should have been in there already. I'm not that excited for stuff like that. Um personally um some some sandbox like rebalancing and stuff like that 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 can get me pretty excited um and uh and forge obviously um so yeah i don't know but you you know more about this mm. so feel free to to you, you you take the lead on this one mm, yeah 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 i mean um I, like you said i i think i think we have to be careful when we're <laughs> I, I, yeah, you, you are right to a degree. Like, I don't think nobody's coming back to Halo because there's now match XP, you know, where you earn based on performance and winning. You know, th- those are great things for sure, uh, but nobody's coming back for it. And, you know, I can't blame anybody for thinking Halo should have been there at launch. But nonetheless, these are, you know, I'm going to be honest, like, we're looking over, we're playing Overwatch 2 a lot at the moment. I don't think we're getting any changes like this for years. You know, if you look at how quickly Halo put credits in their battle pass, adjusted the shop, adjusted the shop prices, reworked the challenge system. It's taken, it will, it will have taken one year at this point to have everything ironed out, mm. but I'm glad it's there. And it's, that's way more responsive and reactive than a lot of bigger devs in the, in the free to play space will ever be. Mm. Um, but you're, you're totally right. Yeah. That's not gonna, enough to bring someone back. Um, Coming along with it is apparently ray tracing as well, <laughs> according to AMD. Uh, Forge, co-op, um, two maps, a uh, couple of modes, I believe, a couple of playlist changes, a free 30-tier battle pass, uh, which, again, doesn't expire. Um, that includes a lot of stuff that was missing from the Reach, the theme of Season 1 battle pass. Um, they're revamping the challenge system, right? So they're taking it down from 20 a week to 10, and they're all going to be playlist agnostic. You're not going to be forced into playlists. That's um, good. And they'll only, like I said, only be 10 a week so that the weekly ultimates are more achievable. Um, weapon balancing from just off the top of my head. Uh, plasma pistol's got on a buff in terms of its tracking and its damage. Um, the, what's the little electric pistol called? Disruptor. Yeah. Got a small buff in a mag, a mag increase. Uh, Commando's got a little bit of buff in terms of bullet magnetism. Um, I don't think it's got a change in damage, bullet magnetism and something else. It might have been bloom or recoil or something. I can't remember. Damn. BR got a slight nerf. 
Uh, can't remember if there's any any others for the guns. Grenade's got a slight nerf. Um, point, I think it was point two of a second uh, delay in the explosives, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. But yeah, that's a quite good a shout. Change, yeah. Um, yeah, so some some sandbox retooling, which is which is great. Uh, loads of technical work on on desync that that is coming and is still ongoing. You know, they've put they've put out so many blog posts in the last few weeks, just detailing the amount of stuff that's kind of gone into this, and that's really reassuring because that makes me think, okay, you know, they've overcome that that hump. Mm. Um, and while you know, just like you say, I think at least for the next six months, the boat has sailed on Halo multiplayer for me now. Um, you know, yeah. that uh, that boat has sailed. Um, I'm playing Overwatch now, and, you know, we'll see how that goes, but that's where I'm at for now. Yes, I am excited for Forge, though. You know, you are going to be able to see, like, curated custom games and Forge maps, and there's no file share in the sense that you can't go onto other people's accounts and see what they've got there yeah really not a big deal to me but you know i understand that that's a big deal to a lot of people that's coming in season three yeah i'm excited for for me and for you by the sounds of it the biggest part here is forge and i think if they market this right if they really get this beat right this could be a big deal People remember what Forge is, you know, people know what that is. And, and if you have like a 45, you know, 30 second ad, you know, playing on YouTube of just a handful of stuff that people have made, people will boot this back up. Oh, I don't yeah. doubt that for a second. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's a big deal to a lot of people. Some people exclusively play customs and Forge and stuff like that. Once the multiplayer got a bit tiresome for them um, or just just from the get go um so it's it's a big deal to a lot of people and you're right you need to market it in this wacky fun sort of way um to to bring people back and hit that nostalgia like right in the head um don't don't market it as like a really like intensive tool and you can do all this with it people can figure that out when they go on it i'd say market it in in the silly fun custom games way like 100 percent. yeah that's yeah. right and plus the enthusiasts already know right you know they already know that a lot of people have just been accessing but like using forge for months because they've just they've yeah. been able to access it in the files those people are already on it right and you know so i'm excited to see what will be their day one and in the coming months you know like I, i've always said this about hell infinite forge it needs to be a it's a mini game generator mm. that you can get for free because it's in the free-to-play package um and that is incredible that is incredible. That is, su- you know, if they pull this off and it's all working fine, that is such a boon for not just Halo but for Xbox. Yeah, 100%. you know, this could have a it, it, in the same way that when Halo Infinite first came out, it was everywhere. People were sharing clips of like this crazy shit that was going on in the sandbox of like pl- pro plays. We could have a similar thing, you know, the Halo Infinite trending, this game, you know, a, 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 a small team of twenty-three-year-olds make this game and millions are playing you know we could have that on repeat up till christmas if they native they stick the landing on forge and custom games and the accessibility of it here um so this is really exciting i'm excited to see what comes out of it if there's i'll probably have a look when this comes out midweek and just see if there's anything i can download and i'm sure we'll be able to drag some friends on in the week just yeah or maybe on you know it's it's like a friday night thing you know um i'm sure it'll be fun uh, just as as a little thing so hopefully they're over that hurdle now 
and I just hope they stick the landing here. They need a like all of this news has been a big W for the team, but I just don't want it to get tarnished by a technical error. Forge is crashing. Custom yeah. games aren't working. Do you know what I mean? Like it, they need a clean W for this launch to, to really again hit 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 the reset button. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh... You know, I'd say it's it's kind of 50-50 whether or not this actually launches pretty <laughs> clean, I'm not going to lie, based on their track record yeah. um, with this game. You know, I want it to be a big W, but I'm not going to lie, it's kind of a coin toss whether or not this will launch as clean as they intended. Yes. Based on track yes. record. Uh, yeah, my, my pattern recognition is uh, mm. it's definitely... In, uh, in in scared mode mm. um and, and carp as well obviously carp is there with some new achievements four player carp online everything um so tim you hit me up when you want to revisit and i will be there for you yeah man all right i will 2025 <laughs> it is <laughs> let's go save the date we'll do it before the uh before the campaign dlc comes out or whatever comes next yeah okay Cool. All right, last story for today. Um, damn it, I forgot to ask. If you're still here, guys, <laughs> you still like is. button, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, like button, please. I need you to just put it on my notes. Yeah, hit the like button, please. We really appreciate it. it. Helps the channel. Consider subscribing if you're new here. If you're listening on podcasts, consider giving us a rating or, or coming over to the YouTube channel and, and subscribing. You know, it really helps us out. We're experiencing a lot of slow growth at the moment, and that's okay. Um, it just really helps us out. Yeah. So, last story is that supposedly, if you follow that link, which I wonder if you can, uh, I don't think you can share it, actually. It's not worth the risk, but you, you follow it just to have a look yourself, Tim. Um, mm-hmm. Is that Kojima's next game, Overdose, which we've heard about before, leaks. There's like two minutes of gameplay. There's a, a naked bloke in the reflection like you can see nipples and everything it's, mm-hmm. it's so fucking funny yeah um and we aren't sure what this is yet it's one of the characters from death stranding we don't know if this is just like a technical pitch or if this is like legitimate gameplay um we don't know if this is xbox's game we don't know if this is like death stranding 2 or a different game mm. there at some point in the video there is there seems to be like a quick time event sort of thing where like there was a circle when it you know, with an outline of a circle and it started small and went big into the outline and it looked like a quick like tap this before something happens sort of thing. Mm. Tap being the key word. Interesting. We know well, supposedly, we know Kojima's making a game with Xbox. The rumors are that he's making a cloud-focused games. Uh, game, sorry, and this really looks like that, based on like, like we we don't, and... yeah, that's right, and that it doesn't look all that exciting from the leaked footage, to be honest with you, and I guess this is what we need to think about really, because it's so hard to even envision. Like even when we spoke about this like a year ago, what is a cloud game? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. What do you mean by that? <laughs> Anything could be a cloud game. How do I tap my screen if I'm playing this on console? Is it just for, is it cloud only? Like just for phones only? I don't know. But I can stream to my Xbox. 
I'm just watching. It could the, just be that it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could just be that it is kind of like Resident Evil in style, like you know, old school, old school Resident Evil in style with like point and click elements, mm. um, and that's kind of the idea that Kojima wants to follow up on and kind of evolve a little bit. Um, it's it's very Kojima. It's very Kojima. Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely Kojima vibes, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's giving off this sort of almost almost similar vibe to um those sort of narrative games that you see like uh the quarry and um you know all the all that sort of stuff these sort of you know what i mean these sort of narrative driven yeah. games where you kind of mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. play play a movie essentially um yeah. it kind of looks like that uh, but obviously it looks like he's going for his horror vibe um again yeah. Hashtag yeah, definitely. ET2. Um, yeah, that's right. When you're ready. Yeah. It looks interesting. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to get excited about it from this footage, but it looks interesting, to say the least. Yeah. doesn't look like much going on it, here from a gameplay perspective, I'm going to be honest. Well, that's what I mean. We don't know what it is we're looking at. We don't know if this is like early alpha gameplay we don't know if this is just like a technical pitch like this might just be a vertical slice do you know what i mean yeah. this could be like early early like the game's not coming out for another four years because because full development hasn't really started yet mm-hmm. um but like this is how we want to leverage cloud to make this sort of game we know very little and the, and the trailer gives very little away um yeah, yeah. guy right at the end I'm giggling at the guy at the end is recording. Oh, you saw him in the reflection. Yeah, just the reflection of it's just like half naked ass buddy. Just recording <laughs> yeah. it off his phone yeah. in a t-shirt uh, without a t-shirt on. Yeah. Great. Yeah, we're we keen said in the trailer, slapping it to the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> slapping the monkey. Um yeah, no, it, it 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 looks interesting. I I I think from what we saw, this definitely looks like that cloud cloud-based game more so than anything else it does um that's yeah. the sort of vibe I'm, I'm getting from it um uh but yeah not not massively buzzing from it i'm not gonna lie no um, like i said yeah don't know I, I i think that the exact same thing happened with death stranding like up until like the last week everybody said that everybody was like i don't know what this is it doesn't make sense to me and then the last week they started to show a couple more trailers and it was like oh okay i can see the angle Mm. I still, you know, I, and it was only really when people started getting hands on it that they were like, "Oh, actually, there's a lot to enjoy here." Yeah. Um, you know, not for everyone, obviously, but and I, I expect this will be the same. And also, Overdose is just a very cool game name. <laughs> yeah, it does seem kind of cool. It it, it 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 makes you think when it will be like, uh, like a horror based on like hallucinogenic addiction vibes and stuff like that, and um almost mm. like kind of like sleep paralysis vibes mm-hmm. fight you, you mm-hmm. demons but you're all drugged up could be kind of cool yeah yeah we'll see um but it, it's i i would put my money on that being xbox's game yeah that that's the real yeah. speculation i'll be looking at xbox's kojima game there and i would i would say tentatively yes um mm-hmm. but there's just so little to go by that it's you know hard to speculate beyond that yes agreed um, but that's it that's the show 
We did it. We did it. Show over? No. Maybe. You know, I think I wish <laughs> like other podcasts other other podcasts do like a Q&A section at the end, like but they take the questions beforehand. Maybe we should start doing that. Maybe we'll do that when we get to 50 subs, you know, people can um, oh my God. tweet at, tweet tweet quest tweet questions for the show and then we can do a quick Q&A afterwards. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyone here, you know what to do. You know you, you got to you got to tweet out our socials and our videos and if we get to 50 subs then we'll bring in a Q&A section. Um, I'm looking yeah, at you, Wacky, and you can put in a little bit more effort in terms of advertising us. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's great to yeah. have you around. If you can make another 11 accounts, yeah. <laughs> subscribe, that'd be awesome. And my man <laughs> says he always slaps the like button as well. It's a legend. We love a true you. legend among men. Yeah, we love Yeah, you. absolutely. Top bloke. Um, okay, Tim, let's jingle and let's get out of here. Yeah, we're, we're jingling. We're jingling, bro. Great. Okay, everyone. Um, thanks for sticking with us today through the show. We actually rounded out a bit earlier than I thought we would. That's good. Sub two hours. That's always what we're aiming for. Yeah. Um, let us know. Let us know. Did you like it here? You know, get in, come follow us on Twitter. Did you uh, got any feedback? You know, I've got things feedback. like that. Are we? Uh, should we? Should we do our hair differently? Oh yeah. What? Why? Don't wear your, don't wear your Christmas jumper until December. Get hugged, mate. <laughs> Man busted out his Christmas attire November 1st. What happens if I turn my camera off? Do I disappear? <laughs> yeah, you would disappear. Stand to be around this brick. It's two of me! <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> the podcast of dreams! <laughs> it's two of me right now. <laughs> Oh. I can't believe you. I can't believe it. I can't believe you say that to me live. It doesn't matter. Let's get out of here. Bye, everyone. Thanks Bye. so much. Catch you next week. Right. Probably. Probably. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.